I don't want you getting mad because you failed at kickboxing. gentlemen and welcome to the film find the greatest movie podcast ever assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before i am your host adam fortress and uh back again holy crap i can't even believe it two weeks in a row i mean how what how long has it been since i've actually done two weeks in a row for a podcast i mean even i'm shocked at that one but uh we are back and uh joining me yet again it's uh, it's been a little bit, but not nearly as much as your last break, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Welcome back to the show, Matt Smith. Matt, welcome back, sirs. Thank you, sir. It's good to be back. Today we are going to be uh, covering, as you can hear from the music, we're we're because uh, this is not my normal fare. <laughs> um, well, it should be. It should be, I suppose. Uh, but the, yeah, you're you're more of like uh, you're you're more into tune. That's got to be like everything in your area, though. Like, right. This? No. Yeah. Atlanta's not all just full of little John screaming at people? <laughs> no, there's like really good hip hop. No. <laughs> no. You mean little John is not the uh, epitome of great. I'm not talking smack about little John. <laughs> but, uh, Look, I don't want to get shot, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just saying I like little John. He's there. But, you know. Yeah, uh, this particular song. Oh, whatever. Anyways, that's uh, that's due to today. He's not doing much on this one. It's the DJ. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Whomever that might be, DJ. I don't know, guy. I don't know. I was gonna come yeah, up. The with last DJ that I uh, knew anything about was Easy Rock. So <laughs> that's quite a while back. Does DJ Jazzy Jeff do anything today? I know he is a pillar of the hip hop community. I'm really I'm doing a lot of weird mashup voices these days where things don't really make a lot of sense. Where it's like, is that <laughs> that was kind of like a little bit of uh, uh, Professor, a little bit of uh, uh, Bill Cosby. I don't know. Anyways, today's movie is Twenty Two Jump Street, the follow up to the was it 2011 movie? I think y- yes. My brain is kind of uh, farting today. We're recording this super early. We're not a uh, we're not a fact based show here. Yeah, so. we just kind of we like to go on feelings. But, but let me let me IMDb this real quick <laughs> on my on my phone. You mean we should have done work before we started oh, this at fucking nine thirty um, in the morning? <laughs> I did my work. That was twenty twelve, two thousand and twelve. So two years. Oh, okay. Well, it's not quite that long ago. So yes, do the the twenty twelve. Uh, sequel um i gotta say uh in 21 jump street i was really surprised when that came out we went in uh i think we got like um laura and i got sneak preview tickets mm-hmm. went in and it was just like it was very kind of well this is probably gonna suck but uh let's just you know free tickets so who gives a shit and it was like whoa this was really really good i mean because it mm-hmm. was a smart movie that knew what it was, and it was the official straw that broke the camel's back on me getting on the Channing Tatum train. 
And like I fucking loved that dude ever since because it was just like this was the final thing where it was like <clears throat> this dude, he knows who he is, he knows the perception of him, he gets it. It's funny to him, and he has a sense of humor about it. So, like, that was like, no, I like this fucking guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He, uh, Channing Tatum had a great year in 2012. Not not too shabby. But, uh, yeah, so that's the movie that we're going to be uh, reviewing today, uh, this week's uh, 22 Jump Street. Uh, <laughs> Can I just say that my last comment makes me sound like I'm fucking Ed McMahon? Like... <laughs> Like yeah, he had a he had a good career in uh, 2012. Ah yes. Oh. <laughs> you just didn't say yes and just laugh, the, so at least that's a like, little something. Worst fucking commentary I could have given about, about how, how good Janning Tatum is. He, yeah, he had a, he had a nice turn that year. He did good things. <laughs> it made him money. God damn it! Good Give me a late sir. night. Uh, Andy Richter. Just clap. Just go. <laughs> yes, silent, slight nod. And that's all we really need. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to be reviewing 22 Jump Street. Uh, I do want to let you know right off here at the top of the show that uh, we do have another podcast dropping on our sister station, as it were. Um, so uh, if you haven't yet listened to the Hero Movie uh, podcast, chances are you probably have, because we put the first uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 episode on this feed. So you probably have listened to the first episode, but there are other episodes too. So uh, go to heromoviepodcast.com, and uh, today is uh, we're, we're dropping the... Um, first kind of retro review we've ever done on that podcast. We're going back to the godfather of superhero movies. The the movie that without which I don't think we would really have modern superheroes the way that we do. We're going to be reviewing Superman the movie. Uh, a, a movie that sadly, I mean, as, as good as it is, sadly has kind of, in a way, ruined subsequent Superman films because it was as good as it was. But uh, we'll we'll talk about why that is and all that fun stuff. So uh, HeroMoviePodcast.com. Now, uh, we also, I, I just want <laughs> to, to give you a quick idea of, of the kind of uh, the fun that we're having on this show, we decided to forego our, uh, the regular rating system of uh, letters or stars or numbers, and we go on a Robin rating system. So what that is is we base we base our liking on the movie based upon uh, what, what we've come up as the Robin scale. Uh, so Dick Grayson is going to be, you know, obviously that's your best of the best. And um, then you have all the way down into um, <laughs> the dead, dead picture of um, Tim. No, no, no wait, Tim Drake is our, Tim Drake's second. Uh, we have oh, my brain is so fucked this morning. Fucking Jason Todd, Jason the worst goddamn. I know, Jesus my, man, dude. Uh, my, it's your fucking podcast. It's what my podcast. Fuck? It's the rating system I made up. <laughs> it's early, dude. It is so early. Uh, so this is how much we like you guys. I haven't even recorded that podcast yet. This is it's. Uh, I haven't even pooped. Breaking the fourth wall here. Uh, so it's 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 like. 10 o'clock on a Saturday or Sunday morning. I'm going to work after this and then coming back and recording the movie podcast right after. I'm going to be so screwed. But uh, yeah, so so it goes Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Damian Wayne, uh, Stephanie Brown, and then Jason Todd, to, uh, you know, is, is the ass end of the movie system. So uh, to be fair to Stephanie Brown, she didn't have an, a long enough run for us to properly judge her. Yeah, that's that's why I kind of put her at the bottom of the scale because you just don't really know. 
But she does not suck as much as Jason Todd. Well, no one does. No one does. I mean, you know, when when your fans call up and say we want you dead, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's a bad sign for you. But uh, yeah, so so go do that, and uh, so we'll be putting that out there, and uh, we also done. Uh, the Spider-Man 2, X-Men, and uh, we're going to be doing... August is going to be fucking huge. Because August, we have Guardians of the Galaxy, we have Ninja Turtles, we have uh, Sin City, and I think there's... Yeah, so there, there's there's like three in August, so it's going to be huge. <laughs> it's a lot of superheroes. Also, did you... Speaking of which, um, and because this is possibly a time to discuss this before we get into 22 Jump Street, uh, so uh, Nikki Fink... Uh, started a new website. You know Nikki Fink, right? The, yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, irascible uh, kind of dog go get him reporter of Hollywood, right? That started up uh, Deadline mm-hmm. um, and then was uh, ousted from Deadline. So she started up a new website. And one of the big things that she dropped out of Comic Con was uh, this list that DC has for future films. Did you see this this week? I did not. Uh, so apparently. Um, granted, this is rumor, although, uh, Nikki Fink has what might be the highest, uh, like truth rate on rumors, um, out of anyone in Hollywood. She's very well connected. Um, would you think at, with a name like Fink, you really it, wouldn't. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so anyway, uh, they have apparently planned to release three DC movies a year. Through 2016. Good grief. St- uh, starting next, uh, starting next year. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is in order to build up uh, to the Justice League, um, which will be the second one after. It's like it's it's going to be the Batman. I'm going to find this fucking thing real quick. Because um, it's absolutely bad shit if this is what they're doing well it sounds um, insane to me already because i mean you can say you can title the movie whatever you want but we are getting the justice league movie in batman versus superman on account of, it's like look we have batman we have superman we've added wonder woman we've added cyborg and we just got a report this week we're adding aquaman uh guess what motherfuckers uh, that's a justice league movie I don't yeah, care. they might well, have cameos. I guess they might just be like a quick, you know, shot under the sea, and you know, uh, old fucking Aquaman gives a wink to the camera, and then we, you know, go above water. I, I, I don't know, but and on the distant island, we see you know Wonder Woman standing out there, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, but it just it sounds uh, as much as I would like for all of DC to get their shit together. I just don't know that it's ever gonna fucking happen. Uh, I don't think so either. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Um, so this is at NikkiFink.com. There's a silent E after Fink. It could be Nikki Finky, but I've never heard anyone. Yeah, I haven't it heard that. it. I haven't heard the E. Um, all right. So this is what they're planning, apparently. Um, May 2016, uh, Batman Superman. So they pushed that back. That was one of the big things. Um, Batman Superman 2016 with a stupid V in there because it's a legal case. Um, Batman Ju- v Superman as a po- as as presided by Perry Mason. <laughs> July 2016, Shazam. Christmas 2016, Sandman. May 2017, Justice League. July 2017, Wonder Woman. 
Christmas 2017, a Flash and Green Lantern movie. And then uh, May 2018, Man of Steel 2. Um, anyway, hmm. so apparently, though, uh, like Ryan Reynolds will not be back. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I didn't think that movie was terrible. Um, I didn't either. Just tried, just tried to do a whole hell of a lot that it couldn't do yeah. in, in one movie. Yeah, you, you, you crammed a lot into, you know, a little over an hour and a half or whatever the fuck it was. And, you know, just to, it was far too ambitious for what it was. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. It's like, it wasn't an amazing movie, but it's not nearly as bad as it gets the shit for being. Right. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not the fucking um, uh, shadow, you know. It ain't Catwoman, bitches. Or ca- Catwoman. Jesus. Or, or even Superman Returns. It's not even that. I saw, and I don't even think Superman Returns is even that bad. There's a lot of, I mean. I I don't either, but I I, think it's worse than Green Lantern, and no one will fucking say that. (laughs) I got to watch Superman Returns again, but like, and and we'll talk about that in in our Superman review on the Hero Movie Movie Podcast, HeroMoviePodcast.com, but we're going to talk about how, uh, you know, Richard Donner's Superman actually ended up hurting, you know, that (laughs) film as well, because everybody's beholden to Donner. Okay, but anyway, yeah. So doesn't this doesn't this timeline seem insane? Like, like there's no way. There's no, no fucking way. No, this is the timeline that they've put out. Will this happen? No way in hell. There's no way in hell this is going to happen this I mean, fast. They, uh, and they're like, oh, does, Marvel's doing two movies a year, and we're going to try to up the ante a little bit. And it's like, well, I can't help it. You guys are fucking five years behind on this shit. But yeah. Jesus. I mean, it it's it's it is the you know oh we want to uh, here's the shortcut to win the race and it's like you know you're not going to win by cheating, you know Marvel got to where they were due to hard work, determination, and just fucking taking risks. You guys are like, oh I see the formula, I know how to do it, I'm going to go ahead and you know we've got this, no worries, no big piece of cake. And it's like no, it's really not that easy. They made it look easy, but it's not easy. Right. You know, I mean, they've they've gone through a lot of shit. They, you know, and who knows, Marvel might have some troubles coming down as it is right now anyways with, you know, the whole, you know, the Ant-Man thing. So there might be the first chink in the armor with all that. So who even knows? But, you know, they've got to the point where they are. I mean, you know, it's over a decade in the works. And the fact that DC just goes, oh, well, they've laid the groundwork. They've showed how it's done. It, it, see, it can be done. I mean, it was like they almost needed that kind of justification to people just going, see, it can be done, so we just got to do that. It's like, mm, it doesn't quite work like that. Right. But Anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up because it was... Uh, no, it's certainly interesting, and uh, it's going to be... It's, it's a gonna, mess. It's going to be a mess to Hot see mess. what DC does in the next couple of years because everything that we keep hearing on the Batman-Superman movie is... T- as optimistic as I want to be for it, every single thing just seems worse and worse and worse for me, and I'm like, God, I want it to be good, but I just... I don't have the highest hopes right now i mean it's one of those things i mean we are who we are and we'll see it <laughs> mm-hmm. but i i do think that ah. it speaks volumes that the the uh one thing that everyone's been most vocal about which is uh you know giving ben affleck shit um i i feel like it's weird that uh, to me that's the high point yeah, he's the one thing I don't have a problem with in this movie, and the yeah. one thing that I know, the one person and everything I know is going to do a good job with whatever he's given. Yeah. 
I'm I fear for the rest of the portions of the movie, but for him for as far as he goes, I'm fine with him. I think that he's going to pull off whatever they give him and any fault that becomes of that movie. Sadly, I think a lot of it will probably be placed upon his unjustly placed upon his head. Yeah. No, I you know, uh I I feel like he gets a bad rap in the same way that uh like Nick Cage gets a bad rap. Um which is which is that both of them are really fucking amazing actors, but if they're given um, either completely free reign or a really bad script, they don't know what to fucking do with it. Um, but they're actually like really good, and I think that both like Affleck gets shit because of Geely still, and like that was one movie what ten years ago now, so At fuck least, off. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, you know? but yeah. So uh, you'll certainly find uh, you know more uh, nerd talk like this here. Movie podcast here. Moviepodcast dot com. I, I just keep I keep doing. It. I mean the, the show's doing well. It's new. It's doing. It's we're doing. It is good. I'm not on it. You, uh, we'll ever. have you on at some point. I'm not on it ever. But <laughs> we will. But, we will uh, put for fans you... for people who download the film find only to hear my sultry dulcet tones. <laughs> um, it is a good show. Uh, these guys know what they're talking about when it comes to the nerdiest shit you could think of. Yeah, uh, when, having to do with um, when superheroes. when Bruce drops down some of the fucking uh, like Marvel universe numbers and shit, it, like even yeah. my brain just kind of tweaks a little bit and goes, "Oh fuck, what are you even talking about, bro?" Yeah, like oh, that was five continuities ago. I can't keep up with that shit. <laughs> I'm like, all right, great. At least we got somebody <laughs> on here that's a little but. But uh, yeah, dude, we got to pick a movie for you and uh, get you on there on one of maybe our retro things or whatever. And uh, because you know, you certainly fall in a group of nerds. <laughs> no, really? Yeah, you know, no, really. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's jump into our uh, new release review of this week. Here is the trailer for Twenty Two: A Jump Street. Hopefully. A relationship is something that requires constant work. Fucking A, I'll start it again. Here's the trailer for 22 Jump Street. I didn't have it potted up. A relationship is something that requires constant work. Doc, I just feel like sometimes he's not even trying anymore. Seriously, he's okay. clingy, he's terrified of being by himself. Given all these strong feelings, why don't you hold hands? Um, he's literally reaching out for you. He won't hold my hand. Oh, you gotta interlock it though. If you don't interlock you it, might as well just be friends I'm... and not partners. How you bitches like Jump Street now? Hey, I got a big ass raise to babysit you two fuckers again. You going back to high school? No, you dumb motherfucker. Your ass look like you about fit. You going to MC State? Play on play. Why every time you speak, I want to throw the fuck up? Hot play. Beanbag chair. Hilarious shirt that signals we drink alcohol. Are you two fucking around in school again? It's the same case. Do the same thing. It's not exactly the same case because uh, one of us got laid last night. <laughs> We're talking missionary. We're talking missionary. Missionary. We're talking when I'm on top and she's on her back. Damn. Get the fuck back to work. We need an expert to consult. I heard someone's bringing a shit ton of that stuff down to Puerto Mexico for spring break. That's your lead, motherfucker. I know, but we don't know who it is. Uh, we don't know who it is. That's you. That doesn't sound anything like me. It's not not you. Eric, close your eyes and tell me who's talking right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Schmidt being a little bitch. Look, you gotta take your thing to the next level, guys. Spring break, motherfucker. 
grenade. You never know. Oh, why are you gonna put it there? Feels right. And my partner here, he wanna see the product. Where'd you find this gringo, man? The fucking Mumford and Sons concert and shit? <laughs> Remember me? I'm your best nightmare. I'm your worst nightmare. Go, go! Got the Lambo in the No! What? No! What were you doing? What am I doing? Why'd you try to kiss me? I didn't fucking try and kiss you! No, you're leaning in again! I didn't want to kiss! This is the most uncomfortable fist fight I've ever been in. There's a grenade in my shorts. You got it? That's my dick. What about that? That's my dick also. What the police? <laughs> All right, that was the trailer for 22 Jump Street, our new release review of this week. Uh, starring Channing Tatum, uh, <laughs> Jonah Hill, uh, directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Um, this is the follow-up, of course, like we said earlier, to the uh, 2012 movie 21 Jump Street of which I was thoroughly shocked by, really enjoyed it, and uh, so I went into this movie with pretty high hopes, and uh, I think they got met. <laughs> yeah, uh, mine certainly were. I actually think uh, it's better than the first one. I really, I need to go back and watch I'm going to say that again. out on a limb, right at the front, that I think that it's better. I, I laughed a lot more um, at this one. All right, so here's the, uh, as, as always accurate, IMDP plotline. Uh, after making their way through high school twice, big changes are in store for officers Schmidt and Jenko when they go deep undercover at a local college. Again, IMDB, once you dumb it down to the lowest of the low, you know, you, you, you kind of get accurate. So good job on that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, everybody is uh, kind of back for this. Like I said, jo- Jonah Hill, uh, Channing Tatum, and then we have uh, Ice Cube as the uh, the Captain Dixon character. And I, what, I wish, wish, wish he had more screen time, but I do like the small time that he's on there is uh, Nick Offerman as uh, Deputy Chief Hardy. Mm-hmm. Him just kind of really explaining how, you know, in the first movie, he was just like, look, we're reviving this uh, thing from the 80s, this thing that nobody wants. There's no reason that this should be, you know, entertaining to anyone, but we're going to do it anyway. Screw it. And like, and like, so it really started from this, from the first movie and definitely continues on to this one for sure, is the commentary on this movie and these action movies and stuff. I mean, everybody is going to sit here, you know, normal people are going to look at this movie and just go, oh, this is... Uh, you know, it's just a regular action comedy kind of thing. This movie's, both of these movies are far smarter than I think most people will ever give them credit for. Yeah, I think so. Well, especially this one. Uh, I I was sitting in uh, in the theater yesterday watching it, and um, I don't know, man. I was I was laughing my ass off, and then all these like they'd laugh sometimes, but it was almost like they didn't get it. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, uh, so, so here's how I described this, uh, yesterday. Um, and I think I told you, uh, Adam, I, I, I said, this is like hot fuzz. If hot fuzz were aware that it was a movie in some way, mm-hmm. um, as well as literalizing everything that is inherently homoerotic in the genre of buddy cop films, 
to make them literally gay. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is like it. It is as close to. I mean, because that, that's the thing we've we've always heard this. You know, kind of like these bromance movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm sure, like probably. I mean, it goes all the way back, at least as far as my you know immediate knowledge. Just thinking about it right this very second, uh, you know, from Lethal Weapon is probably like the you know first cursor of that as far as you know modern films go, and obviously. Right. Um, you know, the bad boys movies as well, but like this kind of like there's a brotherly, almost too brotherly, I, I love you man kind of thing going on that could e- very easily be interpreted as just like oh, these two may have a little bit more going on than we think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the script is really smart in the way that it handles all of that, too. I mean, uh, you know, they they use the word partner in uh many different contexts and you're never quite sure how any of the characters are meaning to say the word partner or interpret the word partner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all like really, really, really vague. Um, although clearly the surface is that they're police partners, right? Um, but just the way that they use the word uh, leads, uh, leads you down multiple paths of possibility. Um, I, I don't know. I really, I really liked it. It might be, um, it's probably uncouth of me to say this, but it might be the gayest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and I, and I don't mean that disrespectfully and I don't think that, uh, the you, film means that disrespectfully. You've seen although, Cameron Mitchell films. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that, um, like in a very smart way, um, this is like, a gay buddy cop movie um, where it's not being mean. Right. I mean, there's a, it's, it's really complicated uh, and I, I'm sure that there will be papers that I will read at some point written about this, you know, in my ivory fucking tower um, <laughs> written on uh, gender and identity politics in this film because it's ripe for it. Um, and I, and I'm not certain that uh I don't know where people will come down, but I do think it is maybe the gayest movie I've ever seen. Um, just in, in the, I don't know the way that the way that they approach the subject, the homoeroticism, uh, it's just so overt. And like I said, it, it really is literalized multiple times. Um, not just in the ways people are talking to one another, but also the ways that they interact with each other. Um, and you're not quite sure, like, is is Channing Tatum going to fuck that other football player? That's some, or is that football player into Channing Tatum? Like that kind of, th- you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I I don't know. I I loved that part of it. Um, well, I- <clears throat> and I think that it, though it plays a lot of it for laughs, it's not in a disrespectful way, which I think is also really uh, unique and refreshing, right? Like, um, it's. I feel like it's mocking the discomfort of the audience more than anything else. And uh, I got that vibe while sitting there with an audience who was not laughing at any of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's definitely, I mean, I think it's not only just a comment on that kind of stuff, but, like, upon some of these, like, silly relationship films as well, mm-hmm. and how, you know, I mean, they, they have these times where, you know, they're texting back and forth, and, you know, and it's like, I mean, there's, like, uh, you know, I ain't missing you is is fucking playing at one point. 
<laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. it's that fucking on the nose and funny. But like you said, though, like, and I thought that was also one of the good parts is like they do treat it. Um, as if this, you know, relationship between these two guys is is something more than a police partnership, and you know, and, and you know, working and how like, oh, are you cheating on me with this guy, and then all this stuff, and but but you're absolutely right in the fact that they never sit here. It's never part of the joke. It's never like in in a I think in a much lesser movie, <clears throat> you definitely would get the oh get off me I'm not gay kind of thing. <laughs> and there's really none of that. I mean, it is yeah. just kind of like you, it is what it is. It like they really don't. But but I mean, there's there's no just like oh, I ain't no faggot. Get off of me, you know, kind of shit. Oh it's, no! In fact, uh, like the one time the word faggot is used in the film, it's uh, it's when uh, Channing Tatum berates someone for saying it. Um, oddly enough. But also is hilarious at the fact that you know Jonah Hill and, and like and you know and and you of course being the scholarly person that you are, I'm sure see this quite a lot. You take one human sexuality class and all of a sudden you're you know I mean, fucking that's part of the joke, dude. But it but it's significant, right? Like, no, it, like, it very is. It very much is true. But I mean, but I I do know people that are like that. <laughs> take that one. It's like, hey man, yeah, the yeah, gender yeah, yeah. roles that define. It's like fucking shut up. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little annoying, but. I gotta say though, like I mean, even despite that, this movie is fucking hilarious. I think it's a lot smarter than like like you said. A lot of people will uh, think about it. I mean, because a lot of I mean, like even just down to like, you know, Jane Tatum's character being just stupid and not really knowing like you know proper words for things. Like yeah. you know, people in the audience weren't laughing when he goes dude, like he's talking to the other football player and goes, "Dude, we're gonna go down the annals of history," and, and no one's laughing. I'm like, "Are do you people not have like above an eighth grade education or what's right. going on here?" <laughs> yeah, well, and uh, the other the other thing is uh, they make <laughs> they make fun of his character um, very uh, in a very smart way for not no like not ever being able to uh, improvise any situation because he cannot think. Uh, <laughs> which, which is funny as shit. Uh, it's like when he goes into the improv group and he's like giving them all of the awful <laughs> suggestions. Like they're like, no dude, we can't eat that. You know? <laughs> Look, uh, I don't know. I, I yeah. Uh, I like that. He's not afraid to play up the dumb image that some people have of him and that the movie's not afraid to play that up too. I, I feel like in a way, um, this movie might be uh, like the better portrait of dumb people that we'll see this year. I, if if you get my drift, <laughs> I, was gonna, I was trying to go. I'm like, what's the... <laughs> not not no, that I'm no. not looking forward to that movie. Uh, no, we're no. talking about the Dumb, dumb and Dumber Two guys. Oh, uh, gosh, but, I tell you, I just uh, I don't have high hopes for that movie. I I have almost no hopes, which is why I think I'll end up liking it. I, That's exactly how I felt when I went to go watch uh, Fairly Brothers Three Stooges, and then when it was exactly like every other Three Stooges, I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Yeah, I mean, and so I feel right. like, oh, I don't, I don't have any expectations for Dumb and Dumber Two, but then every, you know, everyone points out oh, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Okay, good. If it's exactly like Dumb and Dumber, then fucking a, I'm on board. Uh, speak- I have no expectations <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. 
Speaking of the same thing, anyway. that's one of the great parts about this movie is um, Ooh, how, you know, the, yeah, it's not bad, right? Yeah. About how, like, and you heard it there in the trailer about how, you know, Ice Cube's character just points out, it's like, look, you know, it's basically saying in all of these movies, the plot is the same thing every single time. So don't sit here and try to overthink things. It's going to be the exact same situation as it was last time. We're just recycling it. And he's like, no, no, see, things are a little bit different. No, no, they're exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, well, and it, you know, that's the, the best part is the first, what, 20 minutes of this movie is nothing but jokes about it being a sequel. Nothing but. And, like and how it's a horrible idea. And this and is something that bad. is stupid. And sequels are dumb. They are, you know, inherently worse than the first one. And it is just like, you know, I mean, I guess some people might interpret that as like, oh, it's kind of apologizing ahead of time if it stinks. But it's also really pointing out the fact that, you know, usually that's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, few and far between are the sequels that are at least as good or better their uh, predecessors, especially in the uh, you know comedy and action department. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I mean, you know, the fact that they sit there and you know put it on although uh, I front attribute street. most <laughs> of, most of this to the fact that um, you know this trope of sequels being uh, worse than the first film tends to come from the eighties, and I blame most of it on Rennie Harlan, <laughs> who who is. The number two director uh, de jour of the 1980s. Just everything with the two on it. You bet Rennie Harlan fucking did that shit. Well, what I was wanting to say. That's my Rennie Harlan. And is right there in his fucking turtleneck knit sweater uh, directing that shit in the summertime. Rennie Harlan. Anyway. That's what what he does. And he'll be damned if he's going to sit here and let you... Go ahead and mock him and his, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, see, what I wanted to do was to... Um... You see, John McClane is a much harder character than people think he is. People yeah, he think needs he is to just die a, harder. You know, I mean, you die hard. That is fine. We need to take our step up. You die harder. Now, I know English is my second language, but bear with me. <laughs> the sad thing is, uh, that was... Probably just a white guy uh, from the U.S. who spoke English his whole life. Hi, my name is Rennie Harland, and I'm from Oakland. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Uh, no, but the the, you know it does play around with the with the sequels being worse uh, trope very well, including uh, multiple times talking about budget and how they have carte blanche to do whatever. Oh, so Um, good. And and then uh, what I also like is like three quarters of the way through the film they go back into uh the jump street headquarters and ice cubes like no we don't have the budget anymore everybody in the department's really worried (laughs) you're spending way too much money i got this i got this room it's unnecessary you know it's 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 uh i really liked that like it was an ongoing commentary yeah i mean not like uh, sequels and construction of sequels and uh, very self-aware in a way that was not breaking the fourth wall uh, or like doing Mel Brooks style comedy, which is not bad. I'm just saying it's not that. Right. I mean, like, I mean, how many, how many action comedy movies are going to sit here and really in a subtextual way kind of tell you about studio politics? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's exactly what that whole Ice Cube sequence was about, was him just going, all right, we got all this, you know, we, you know, two, they give us so much more budget for a sequel, so we're going to be, you know, we're going to be lush with all this stuff. Oh, wow, you guys have spent way too much. We can't do these things. And you see, and there are certain points that if you watch, you know, they're definitely trying to avoid things to keep the budget low. And oh, yeah. They, they shoot things in a particular way and to, to kind of lower the budget, as it were. And then and then they go so far as to, you know, have the actual characters go, don't hit that, it's going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> right, yeah. And then, of course, all the bad guys do hit it, right, uh, during the car chase. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... It, it's nice in that way. It's, you know, this is not something that action movies have never done. It's just the self-awareness, right? Like, like anytime you watch a Michael Bay film, uh, particularly like bad boys Two, right? There are always the scenes, um, where they're like, uh, you guys are causing too much damage. It's costing the city too much money, that sort of thing. Right. Which is always been interpreted as like a sly little jab at, going over budget and that sort of thing. But here it really is front and center. Um, and it's nice. Uh, it works really well because it's not something that you're unfamiliar with, right? This trope of getting yelled at for wasting too much of the city or the department's money or whatever um, in a cop film. Uh, but it's framed in such a way that it's very obvious that they're actually just talking about how much money they don't have anymore because people don't want them to go over the budget. This particular movie caused them to have. <laughs> right. Yes. But uh, uh, like speaking of Michael Bay, though, I, I do love there are so many things in this that are straight up Michael Bay and have mm-hmm. his fingerprints all over it. And like, and honestly, I think a lot like you know Hot Fuzz and stuff. I think it's also in a loving way. I don't think you know it, they kind of spoof it and have fun with it a little bit. But I think at the same time, like there, there is a reverence. I think a lot of people do have for these movies that kind of get shit on as these, you know, standard dramatic, over the top action films that you know people just think are disposable pieces of crap. I think a lot of people respect those, like Hollywood filmmakers, respect mm-hmm. those movies a lot more because I think they know it's like we know what it costs to what it costs to do these, what it takes to do these you know, the masterful skill person that you have to be in order to pull something like a bad boys two off. You know, a lot of people look at Michael Bay and, you know, falsely I think see just a guy who just throws shit at the screen and sees what sticks. Michael Bay is a fucking smart filmmaker, whether you like what he does or not. He's a really smart uh preteen boy. He's he's a tactician. Who makes, who makes yeah, he makes decisions based on that being the identity he has of himself. Yeah, and like whether you like it or not, like the man is good at what he does. Whether mm-hmm. or not you like what he does is a completely different story. But I don't think many people, if you look at it with a very critical eye, are are would go and say what he does is is just talentless. Because I don't think that's true at all. No. And speaking of filmmakers, I do want to give a shout out uh, I, to the directors of Twenty Two Jump Street. Um, they have uh, been killing it uh, 
since they've been directing anything. Have you, have you uh, looked at their stuff? You know what they're doing, right? So, um, like, the first thing I saw of theirs, of course, was, like, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and then uh, the 22 Jump Street. And I, I still have yet to see the Lego movie uh, that came out. So, I mean, like, this is that's also another thing that's amazing is that, you know, you have these two <clears throat> very uh, kidly, uh, kid-friendly, well, three, really, if you count. Did they do Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, too, or no? Um, y- yes, in some capacity. They probably um, produced or something. I don't think they directed that. But, you know, so, but they did these, you know, hilarious, you know, children's movies and everything. And also these two very adult, you know, R-rated flicks as well. So I, I, I certainly like when, you know, people have that much of a, you know, mm-hmm. swing well, in their and, pendulum. And so uh, Phil Lord uh, has been um, also directing and uh, executive producing um, some uh, episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine, which I thoroughly enjoy that show. Um, and you know they started out uh, working on um, Clone High, which was a really highly regarded animated series that didn't uh, get too much traction uh, when it came out. This was in uh, like two thousand and two or two thousand and three. It was right around uh, the time when Comedy Central was trying to do like shit tons of animation. Um, you know all the uh, parodies of reality shows and whatever the hell else they were doing that yeah. weren't very good. And I think it kind of got lumped in with that sort of stuff, but uh, it's it's actually really good. Um, so th- these guys are smart, um, and, and, and it's kind of their thing to be self-aware in weird ways. Um, and, and they do a fantastic job uh, in both of the Jump Street movies of translating al- almost even a cartoonishness into live action. Um, without it being uh, slapsticky or w- once again uh, not disparagingly like a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, and I, I get like I think a lot of the movie also works upon like the chemistry between uh, you know our two leads. Mm-hmm. I think these two and like and honestly like when you really start to look back on some things, I think. You know, I think uh, Jonah Hill's probably has to be most people's like they would just love to have him as a you know as a co-star in things because gosh he seems to do great with whomever he's with, mm-hmm. be it you know DiCaprio and like Wolf of Wall Street or this or what I mean like you know the pairings with like him and Seth Rogen I mean like I think it's really a testament to this guy being such a great you know kind of team player as it were and be able to you know be kind of the butt of these jokes, but still, you know, have like an endearing quality to him. Like even at the times where he's like, a like, and he's had some roles where he's a real fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. And yet there's an, still an endearing quality to him that you, you like this guy. Yeah, well, unless you're a hater. And, yeah. And there, and there are those. <laughs> no, no, that is true. And uh, why, who, who knows? I don't know. It, it, it's fun. It's it's overall it's a fun movie. I mean, I liked all the um, um, Peter Stormare just being in there as the kind of uh, you know, oh yeah. Let's kind talk of. about Peter Stormare for a fucking minute, man. Uh, <laughs> fucking guy, man. That guy is he's in everything, and uh, I love that about him because he is amazing every time he's on screen. He never he's kind of like uh, kind of like Udo Kier. Or um, Harry Dean Stanton. In in that they're never really not playing themselves in some way. 
Yeah. It's kind of like uh, I'm going when I see Harry Dean Stanton, I know what I'm going to fucking get and it's going to be fucking amazing. You know, there he's like an old style movie star where they were fucking put there for a fucking reason and it's because, you know, you need Bogart to lift his head up in a certain way from his glass of whiskey and a cigarette. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. And uh man, Stormare is Always amazing, and in this movie, he's re- he's really funny. It's really subtle because he's not playing um, the same. It's almost like he shows up from a serious movie, um, from Bad Boys Two. Yeah, it's almost like he shows up from Bad Boys Two, um, and uh, and he he's really funny though, um, and he he just kind of has this magnetic uh, quality to him um, where he's able to pull that off, uh, which is nice. Um, I wish uh, more people uh, really gave a shit about Peter Stormare because I love that guy. He's great. 143 acting credits. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is a dude who doesn't really stop. And it's not like, and most of those really start from kind of the, you know, mid 80s on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, dude has just been a consistent working character actor. If you don't recognize the name, you'll most certainly recognize the face. He's been in enough stuff to where I think. You know, even if you don't know, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. So, but uh, he's pretty awesome in this. Um, I I enjoyed the plot overall. And like I said, it was it, it was nice to see kind of a rehash, but the same thing. And um, we won't talk about it in detail or anything, but obviously what they did with, you know, around closing credit time and everything oh, yeah. was uh, very entertaining. So, and also pretty much does kind of lead us down the road of, chances are this is going to be you know it for these movies yeah well and jonah hill has has said that uh he he can't imagine making another jump street um but you know like like the whole first part of this movie says let's see how much money they throw at it yeah Um, because i'm sure it's gonna do well at the box office i i don't know if it'll uh get over that obnoxious fucking tween movie um it's it's but, it was number one on Friday, so good. Uh, we'll see if that holds through the weekend. But uh, everybody fucking loves a shitty weepy. Um, I don't know. I, I don't mean to just talk shit about uh, Fault in Our Stars. I haven't read the book. I don't fucking care to read the book. Um, I I don't uh, speak down to anyone who did read the book. I don't give a shit about reading uh, that type of. I don't care. I don't fucking care. And I don't care about the movie. I would go see the movie, except that uh, I feel like the guy that, uh, and there have been articles written on, on this, and some of them are quite funny. Uh, I feel like the guy is just doing the girl role that has been prevalent in the past uh, little while, which is just like he always has the perfect thing and leads the person to their perfect life. And uh, he seems really fucking obnoxious. Um, it's like if you are a, if you are a woman, uh, who likes to watch movies and you hate uh, Zoe Deschanel for playing this type of character, for example. Mm. Um, and then you go and see this movie and you like this guy. Fuck you. <laughs> that's my, that's my take on yeah, it. Yeah, I could, um, I could see Cause that. he looks like he's doing the same exact bullshit except being like really creepy. It's that fucking, it's, it's like manic pixie dream girl uh, paired with, in my perception, uh, fucking Edward Cullen's creepy ass stalker syndrome, uh, and I just uh, I'm fucking over that shit, man. I just cannot. 
I can't deal. I didn't like it when fucking Lloyd Dobler did it in the 1980s. I don't like it when this motherfucker does it now. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I came down on the bad side of fucking Cameron Crowe, who gives a fuck. Um, how dare you? How dare I? I do like Cameron Crowe, but that movie is shit. And it's time. It's high fucking time we realize that of all the John Cusack movies from the 1980s that you could fucking uh, watch, him playing Lloyd Dobler is not the fucking be-all, end-all, and you guys need to get over it. Look, Matt. I, Preached. The, the the fact is this: I don't want you getting mad because you failed at kickboxing. <laughs> don't be pissed at Lloyd because you gave up on your kickboxing dreams. It was gonna be big. You didn't fucking take your chance. Lloyd took his. Uh... Don't fucking down on him because you know it. It is the sport of the future. I did say that name right, though. That is his character's name in that movie, right? Yeah. I'm not thinking that. Okay, good. <laughs> for, for like half a second there, I was like, wait a fucking minute. His name is Chris Sanchez. It's <laughs> Chris completely Sanchez. different. You did it, it wrong. Takes, takes place in New Mexico, and it was made in 1967. And the events occurred in real time. <laughs> Cameron Crowe's. It's <laughs> 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 fucking stupid. We're clearly um. done. <laughs> Yeah, I think that I think that the earliness has finally gotten to us. Yeah, well, um, just, my brain probably needs some protein at this point. Uh, by the time I'm done with this, uh, our last podcast tonight, I'm just going to be shot. But uh, yeah, so that is it. Uh, that's that's our uh, review of Twenty Two Jump Street. Matt, final thoughts? Um, go and see it. It's funny as shit. Um, and then also, you guys should pick up the first trade paperback of Sex Criminals uh, from Image by Matt Fraction. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, that has nothing to do with weird, weird, weird side I, plug, but okay. But, but Matt that's Fraction I, says, uh, look, wait, wait, I just got a tweet. Matt Fraction says, uh, your check is in the mail, so don't we worry. Don't, we don't do uh, the What You've Been Watching segment anymore. Um, but I, I want to plug, I haven't been watching anything because I've been really busy. Um, but except for 22 jump street, but, uh, that book, pick that up. So it's, it's eight, eight bucks on Amazon. Eight not bad. Uh, pick it up. It's hilarious. Go see 22 jump street. More importantly, also hilarious. AMC is like six bucks. Yeah. That is so weird. What to do, do AMC first show of the day. Like, I, I technically think that Regal does a better job at movie theaters, but AMC Five and six dollars, depending on the time of day and day of the week. Yeah, for the most part, I'm like, yes, suck my dick, Regal. I don't, yep. no, thank you. I'm not fucking paying that. Like, you know, I see a lot of fucking movies, and you know, if I can, you know, see five movies here or three movies over there, I'm gonna go see five over there for the same price. You know, so suck it, Regal. Anyway, <laughs> that's my plug. My plug is suck it, Regal. Uh, yeah, so I would definitely recommend 22 Jump Street. Uh, I don't necessarily say that you have to have seen the first one to go see it, but uh, I would strongly recommend it because uh, you'll get kind of the other jokes in it. You do have, you know, a couple of recurring characters from the first movie that, you know, if you didn't know who they were, how that made sense, it would kind of suck. But it's it's standalone, but not to that degree. But anyways, do go watch it. Uh, it's, it's a nice take on the, you know, action... Uh, comedy type movie and um, gosh it makes me really want a Bad Boys 3 I mean I know that sounds ridiculous and I know a lot of people think that's a stupid idea but I want to see a Bad Boys 3 so maybe that's just me 
And Matt just got disconnected. So, um, in that case, <laughs> all right, everybody, that is it. See, he gave up. He gave up. He's done. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> there, oh, there he is. He's back. I'm here. <laughs> I had a Skype mishap uh, where I couldn't get in. Uh, I'm here telling I, I the world want I want Bad Boys did, 3, and so, I need somebody to so, back me up. So we got. So we, let's just double check before we end. We got in our plugs for Sex Criminals and for AMC Theaters to make sure we get our payment, right? And and uh, and and a, my uh, Kickstarter for uh, Bad Boys Three. Okay. Well, is that uh, I'm gonna fucking go give that money right now. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Who would not? Uh, Horrible people needs to be in good movies again. And by good movies, I mean passable movies. <laughs> You're trying to tell me that After Earth was not a passable film? After Earth was the worst movie I saw last year, uh, hands down. Go, yeah. I saw a lot of shit. Go the worst listen. Movie I saw last year. <laughs> if you're new to this show, go listen to our After Earth review. Uh, it's 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 in the. Uh, it's in a the little archives. while back, but, but it's it, worth it. It's it's fun because we just we ripped that movie a new one, and justifiably so. Justifiably so. Yeah, it's terrible. So uh, yeah, that is it. Two strong recommendations from the both of us to go see Twenty Two Jump Street now in theater, starring Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill, directed by uh, uh, Chris. Lloyd and no, it's Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> Chris Miller, and uh, Phil Lord. Phil, Phil Lord. There we go. Words. Those are fun. You know, like Jesus. You know, like Christopher our Lord. Um, wait a minute. All right, I'm out. <laughs> it's too fucking early. We all right, so fine. Peace. All right, everybody, take it easy. Diamonds all in my brain, nigga. Go watch go chain, nigga. Hundred thousand champagne, nigga. Yeah, my money insane, nigga. Yeah, I'm making it rain, nigga. But I was just on a plane, nigga. Buying gear. Here. Fuck with you, it's my time of year. Uh. If I'm in the club, I get a hundred stacks. I'm always rolling up so I can love for that. Them niggas stole my swag, but I don't want it back. My nigga, uh. I was on this, but now I'm on to that. You see it in my closet for us on the rack. Was out there in the white, now I'm going back. My nigga, uh. I got so much money, I should start a bank. So much paper right in front of me, it's hard to think. Buy so many bottles, it's gonna be hard to drink. But I'm still growing up, and my family here, and they rolling up. So
gotta do, that's your job And niggas gon' hate, but that's no prob So hey, fuck them, don't need nothing from them Some niggas talking, but the shit they claim it don't mean nothing It's straight from Cali, that's what's in my joint, that's what I'm puffing OG And been one since I was young enough to know that everybody was gonna know me Most niggas don't see The bigger the bill, the harder you fall Make muffins for this sh- pre the pre show muffins. There were muffins made yesterday. Yeah, they're, these are shit muffins. Anyhow, they're just like add a half a cup of milk. You don't need to do anything else. Why are they garbage? Well, all you had to do is add a half a cup of milk. Yep, those are the good ones. They usually have a misses somebody on the label. The only thing that's out next week is Jersey Boys, and like I, I kind of I don't know. There's a bit of me that's interested, but most of me is not. The only part of me that's interested is Clint Eastwood. Oh, that's what, yeah. I, that's what I was telling people. I was like, I'm watching that and I'm like, from the director of Unforgiven, Jersey Boys. <laughs> it's like, it's like really? This one? This this is your this is your project? Weird. Okay. That's, uh... All right, boys. And what I want you to do is prance around and sing in a really high-pitched voice whenever you're ready. Because he doesn't yell action. I know that about Clint Eastwood. <laughs> No. Whenever you're ready, you just go into Frankie Valley. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Ooh, so the next directorial project, should he continue living for Clint Eastwood, is this movie called American Sniper, um, which is about a Navy SEAL who uh, has more than 150 confirmed fi- uh, confirmed kills. Ooh, Navy with, SEALs. With, uh, but with Bradley Cooper, Sienna Miller. Hmm. It's a good cast. I'll watch that shit. Stay alive enough, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> of course, I think Jersey Boys, wasn't that supposed to be Favreau's at some point? Um, maybe. As I don't is, know. As I is have, my recollection. The last, like, five years of Clint Eastwood's career, I'm just like, what the fuck have you been doing? Whatever I feel like. Yeah, very fucking clearly he's like, been doing I whatever. I don't care. I mean, I'm 85 years old and I don't give a fuck anymore. I mean, 2008 was awesome. He had Changeling, which is uh, one of the most underrated movies, I feel like, that he's made. Uh, and Gran Torino, which is fucking awesome. <sighs> and then, starting with Invictus, it's just like, like, what the fuck is going on here? Invictus is not a bad movie. I don't know why Clint Eastwood made it. Yeah, that's the thing. Hereafter, like, go... not a bad movie. Don't know why Clint Eastwood made it. Wait J. Minute. Edgar? Hereafter. No which, fucking clue. Which one was that one? Hereafter's the the um Matt Damon uh Was it the tsunami one? No, that's the impossible. Mm. Um this one is about uh people who are touched by death in various different ways. Um and Matt Damon can like see into the afterlife or some shit like that. I forget. I saw it like when it came out. It's all right. It comes on uh, on the 18th on FX if you want to watch it according mm. to IMDb. But then, Jay, like, J. Edgar, 
Don't know why fucking Clint Eastwood directed that. Jersey Boys. Don't know why fucking Clint Eastwood directed that. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking weird guy. And his next two projects are... Uh, it's it's that sniper movie and then another fucking musical he's doing A Star is Born. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, when you're... Uh, what is he? he he's... You know, 84. Yeah. I was a good guess. I said 86. So, yeah. So, like, when you're 84, it's just like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Who cares? Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, it's got to be what he does because, like, at this age and everything else he's done, you can't think, oh, this has got to be a paycheck. Right. It's just whatever he wants to do. He just wants yeah. to growl on a porch. That's what I Well, and I, and I think that Warner Brothers at this point just lets him do what he wants to do. Because yeah, he's always under budget. He never goes over shooting schedule. And His movies tend it. to make money. I'm sure Jersey Boys will make money. It's the only really, it's the only new release out next week that's you know worth a damn. So it's it's what's well, going to happen. It's the only musical I think this year, right? The, or there's Annie, I guess, in the fall. But meh. I don't know. Part of me, look, I don't think Annie's going to be good. But part of me is just gay enough for musicals to kind of go. Mm, I'm going to see okay. it. <laughs> I do love. I do enjoy some musicals, but like I said, you know, with Jersey Boys, I think it's like mm, I, I'm kind of interested, but I'm not interested enough to really rush out and see it. I'll, I'll you know, I'll catch it on I mean, video. I here's I do not uh, care about any musical uh, that I've ever heard about that is about a band that has actually existed, right? Like, like I don't care that you're framing the Jersey boys rise to stardom using the music of Frankie Valley in the Jersey in the, in the four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I would rather just listen to the fucking four seasons. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't need to watch a musical about that or care or want to. Because <laughs> it's it's not it's kind to me it's kind of like oh it's a cheap way of making a musical because you have all the music written for you already. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And like this is on the same playing field as like something Stephen Sondheim has done. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Just get out of my face, Jersey Boys, and uh, whatever the fuck else is out there. That there are a lot of these too. That's the other thing. There are a lot of musicals recently that have opened on Broadway and, and which are optioned for script, uh, for screenplays, um, that are just about like people who wrote music. Well, yeah, you're, I mean, you're exactly right though. It is that kind of, uh, I've, we've already gotten the soundtrack written a hard part done. Let's write a story around it. Yeah. Well, and, and I feel like it's different from doing a biopic, right? Like I'm fine with Ray or walk the line or something, or even the James Brown movie that's coming out. Right. Like, uh, I hope it's good, but I don't have high hopes for that. I don't know why. I don't either, but I'm fine with those projects in, in, in in a way because, uh, they are like the emphasis is not on the music. The emphasis is on the person's story and the music is a part of that. Right. And it is used in certain scenes um, of them singing, but they don't fucking break out into song and dance like they're not on goddamn stage as Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons singing a fucking Frankie and Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons song. Yeah. And so we'll see. Um, like I said, I might watch Jersey Boys, 
but I, you know, I still haven't seen Maleficent, and I'd rather spend my money on that. I don't know. I think I'm going to try to see if I can hook up some sort of interview or something for next week. All right. Just because. With Eastwood? With Eastwood. Uh, I'm going to see if he's busy, you know. He's probably not. He's probably uh, dying slowly. I've never heard of Skype. I don't know how to Skype in. Gonna go to your house and punch you in the face just on account of you said the word. I think Skype. back in I think back in nineteen sixty three when I was living in Italy, I shot a Skype once. <laughs> <I think. laughs> Clint, that's racist. That is racist. I think I shot a Skype once. That is so racist. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. That was He's setting his ways, guys. He's just setting his ways. That's a nice. Oh, way, that's a nice way of saying racist. <laughs> Look, he's just setting his ways. So, all right. Man.